Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tooth and Claw, a show where we talk about the most intense real wild animal attacks and what we can learn about how to avoid, prevent, and survive them. You guys voted for it, so this episode we're talking about wolves. The story Wes has for us this time around involves a six-year-old boy, which, uh, in my opinion, is way too young to be getting attacked by a wolf. There really should be an age limit to that sort of thing. The story also includes an unexpected and nameless hero, of whom there should probably be a statue built, or at least some doggy treats named after. A big thanks to everyone that's been sharing our podcast around with their friends and family. It's been really cool to see how much it actually helps us out, not just from the numbers of listens we see coming in, but also as a vote of your confidence in us. Honestly, it just makes us feel good that you feel like what we do here is worth sharing with people that you like. So yeah, thanks so much. Keep sharing it please. And we hope you all enjoy this episode. Welcome to Tooth and Claw Podcast. Uh, I am here. I'm Wes. I'm here with Jeff and Mike. Yeah. Anything exciting happened this week? I yeah, guess. I had a pretty big week, actually. So I had a McRib for the first time. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Right? Uh, no. I actually had about a 10-minute existential crisis in my car after eating it. And, uh, I guess I'll come out and announce it now. I have full-time switched over to a plant-based diet. Really? I think so. You're going to be vegetarian. Was, yeah. It put it, you over the top. I think it did. Okay. For a while, for the time being. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be self-righteous about it. No, nah, I'm interested to see how this goes. Yeah. I'm not a McRib fan either. Jeff's the only McRib fan here, but I he's like a big McRibs. fan. Yeah. He's all in. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing I actually wanted to ask you guys. Yeah. Did you, uh, you look at your year-end wrap-up of Spotify? I did. Yeah? What yeah. was your like top listen? Uh my top listen was this this punk band from Toronto called Pup. Oh really? Dude, yeah. that was like my favorite album of the year. Yeah. yeah. I listened to them it's a incredible. lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't look at my Mike, no. what was yours? Wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't altogether surprised either. My top listen to artist was uh, Carly Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> my number one song was Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. Uh, most <laughs> underrated album of the last decade yeah. was Emotion. Uh, my number one song was one of the ones from her last album. So we're big Carly Rae fans here. There we go. Uh, Call in Carly Rae. Yeah, Carly, we'd love to have you on the show. My biggest news is I got a massage chair and... I just don't stand up anymore. Jeff only sits in his massage. He's sitting in it right now. Uh, it's a lie. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's get to our story. We did a poll. You guys said you wanted wolves over snakes. So that's what we're going with. We're doing a wolf story. Um, All you snakes fans can eat it. Yeah. <laughs> you can wait until probably the next <laughs> podcast. Anyway, we are talking about wolves. This is an animal that I really wanted to talk about on the podcast because, again, one of our main goals with this podcast is to kind of dispel this notion that animals are, like, bloodthirsty and terrible and that when they attack people, it's out of this lust for blood or anything. And wolves are probably the animal that's gotten that reputation more than any other animal. They are really just kind of an animal that people for for all throughout history have been afraid of whether it's people that are tending their livestock or just worried about themselves they've always kind of been this enemy and we don't want that here in the podcast we definitely want people to appreciate what an animal can do to a person appreciate their power and you know their potential as predators for some of these animals but then also you know just have that as a respect not so much as a fear and wolves definitely are an animal that's feared much more than they need to be so are you guys ready for the story? Oh, I'm ready. Oh, man. Never more ready than now. Okay. Uh, Hold on to your butts. <laughs> this story takes place in Icy Bay, Alaska. 
So Icy Bay is kind of uh, what you picture when you picture Alaska, which is this really beautiful fjord with bright blue water and glaciers spilling into the ocean. And it's got this beautiful forest and it's just really quintessential Alaska. Uh, And there's lots of wildlife there too. There's moose, there's bears, salmon, and then of course there's wolves. So our victim is this boy who is six years old and his name is John Stangling. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but I think that's right. And he had a pretty fairly unique upbringing. This little boy, John, actually lived in a remote logging camp in Icy Bay. So this camp was about 32 acres of cleared land, and then it's just surrounded by really dark, dense pine forest. There's about 80 seasonal workers that live in the camp, and then there's seven permanent families as well. And John is one of a few young children that called this camp home. And there's only one unpaved road that runs through the camp, and it connects to a log yard on the shore of Icy Bay. But aside from that road, the camp is totally cut off from civilization. So as I mentioned, there is a lot of wildlife in the area, and wildlife sightings were common around the camp. And in late 1999 and early 2000, people in the camp had reported a higher than average number of wolf sightings, particularly one male wolf that had been lingering on the perimeter of the forest and was suspected of killing a dog within the camp. This male had been seen a number of times before April 2000, which is when our attack happens, but it never acted aggressively towards humans. So how nervous do you think the camp would be about hearing about this? They weren't that nervous because they were used. I mean, they're like all Alaskans. They're all used to wolves. They'd seen it. There's a couple reports of them actually feeding wolves, which is a really bad idea. And we're going to get to that. But um, they weren't that nervous. Because Alaskans kind of know a wolf's most likely never going to attack. It's not going to mess with them. But they did note that this wolf seemed to be less afraid of them than the typical wolf. And we call that habituation. Habituated? Habituated. That's not a very nice word. It's not. But did you it's have any bears that were habituated in your project? Uh, we didn't really have any that were full on habituated. We had a bear that was maybe food conditioned is the word for that, where they are used to human food. And so they're really kind of looking for it all the time but not necessarily habituated. Gotcha. Okay, wolf attacks in North America are really rare. When I was trying to find a wolf attack in North America especially, uh, it was hard to find. Now we're going to talk more about the rest of the world because North America is where they're the least common. Really? Um, I would have thought uh, anywhere with a warm climate wouldn't have a... a Am I being dumb right now? Uh, you're not. You're not. You're being dumb. Okay. But you're not sure. um, <laughs> alone in that. Okay. A lot of people think that there are wolves. Wolves are one of the most widespread mammals on Earth. It's the same species. It's Canis lupus. It's the gray wolf. But then there's lots of subspecies of that species. And they're found throughout the world. They're found all throughout Asia, throughout Europe, in the Indian subcontinent, in the Middle East. In the U.S., all the way down into Mexico, New Mexico. So they're found in a lot of different places. There's a New Mexico? There's a New Mexico, yeah. (laughs) Um, They are really rare in North America, and there's actually only been two documented human fatalities in North America from wolves. And that's pretty much since... Uh, like written documentation started in North America. Both of those happened in the 2000s. Uh, A geologist in Canada was killed in Saskatchewan in 2005, and then a school teacher in Alaska in 2010. Um, She was out running and got killed and eaten by a pack of wolves. And then the kid, they don't really know what happened with them, the geologist. Uh, Both were killed and fed on by predatory wolves. There are upwards of 11,000 wolves in Alaska, 
around 6,000 in the lower 48 and over 60,000 in Canada. So when you think about that, it really goes to show just how rare these attacks are. If there's like 80,000 wolves almost in North America, and we've had two human fatalities, you know, you think about that compared to a lot of other animals, and that's much lower. We are going to talk more about wolves kind of around the world, though, because then it goes way up. Okay, so back to our story. Around 9 a.m. on April 26, 2000, six-year-old John and his nine-year-old friend Keith They're out playing in this logging camp. They're right on the forest edge on the north perimeter of camp. And the two boys are like loudly running around in the trees and kind of roughhousing and stuff. They're enjoying the spring weather. It's been a long winter and they're finally out kind of outside being able to play around. And as they're playing on this perimeter of the trees, they come face to face with the wolf 10 feet away. And the wolf's peering at them from underneath the low hanging branch. And the boys just completely freeze, completely terrified. And the wolf takes a step out from under the tree branches and starts snarling and baring its teeth. And the boys remain completely still until the wolf takes another step forward and snarls again. And they both take off running. But little John, the the kid that we're talking about, he was at a pretty big disadvantage. You said he's six, right? He's six. And because it was like wet, kind of still wintry weather, he was wearing really big clothes and like huge oversized boots. Mm. And so he could hardly run. So he's like running pretty slowly and clumsily away from from the wolf. I just can't imagine how scary that would be as a six-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, wolves are the villains in so many fairy tales and stories and stuff that we've all heard about. And then just to like be playing in the forest and have one step out from under a tree and start snarling at you. And when they bare their teeth, it's pretty scary. Like you guys have probably seen the pictures of them when they roll their lips back and bare their teeth. They look really intimidating. And to be a six-year-old kid... And be staring that down, like whether or not you're an Alaskan or something. Like that's nightmare fuel. So they're running Don't away. Do you have a lot of wolf nightmares? Do I? Yeah. No. I thought you had like a lot of wolf dreams. No, I have bear dreams all the time, but oh, okay. I don't think I've ever had a wolf dream. Hmm. There's that famous far side with like the kid running around the table being chased by wolves. I, I don't, anyway. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> As we mentioned, John's wearing these big oversized boots and he's running away really slowly and clumsily from the wolf. So we all know that wolves are famous for hunting in packs, but lone wolves or two wolves can easily also be really efficient hunters. They kill large prey like moose, elk, and bison and they bite the backs of their legs as they're chasing them and then once they like bring that animal down they'll attack their face and their neck and like rip out their guts and stuff so uh with smaller prey though john would definitely be considered smaller prey for a wolf Uh, a lot of times they just go straight for the throat and just try and rip out their throat as quick as possible I remember reading this story in Montana. It was in 2009, and there was these two wolves that killed 120 sheep in one night on a ranch in Montana. That's crazy. And they just went through and ripped out the stomach of every single one of these sheep. And at the time, like, the news really wanted to sensationalize and be like, they're just murderous and they kill for for the sake of it. But what they actually do is this thing called surplus killing where they'll kill like a bunch of animals to kind of prepare. They'll have that meat for a while then. Oh, okay. Anyway. Okay, back to our story. John is running away in these big oversized boots. Now, Keith is a lot older. Uh, He's nine years old compared to six, which those three years are a pretty big difference, six to nine. So he's running a lot faster than John, and he's running towards these small cabins in the logging camp, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs for help. And no humans heard his initial screams, but we got a a good boy in this story. Uh, Keith's family pet, a male Labrador retriever, hears him screaming. He's napping a few hundred feet away, and he immediately responds. 
Uh, so this lab gets up and just runs to his best friend, who's Keith. And the lab sees the two boys running from the woods with this wolf chasing them. And the dog just sprints and just starts full on fighting this wolf. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, which what honestly, like, yeah, exactly. It kind of bugged me because I read a ton of articles about this and not a single one of them had the dog's name. And the dog is full on the hero of this story. Yeah. But no one had the dog's name. So it's just this Labrador retriever. It intercepts the wolf, which at this point is just a couple feet behind the boys. And the two start fighting really hard. But right when that happens, John finally just trips. His boots give out. He trips in some gravel. And the wolf disengages from the dog and just starts attacking John. And it's mauling him. It's shaking him. It's throwing him around. And John's trying to fight back, but he's six years old. Luckily, he has like huge winter clothes on though, right? So that actually does come into play. The wolf at this point is trying to get John back into the woods because it knows it's in a vulnerable position. This dog's just attacked it. It sees all these buildings. Um, So it bites into his lower back and tries to actually carry him into the woods. But because of all the heavy clothing that he's wearing and because he's like 50 pounds or something, which is a lot for one wolf to carry, the wolf can't get him into the woods. So it drops him and then it starts to drag him, which is a lot slower for the wolf. Now, because it's taking so much time, Keith has had a little bit of time to like scream and get some people to come help. And so these four adults run out and the dog comes back. They run at the wolf, the parents or the these adults and the dog, and they start throwing rocks at it and kicking it, but it's just refusing to let go of John. And then our hero, <laughs> the dog comes back and starts biting the wolf's hind legs and finally the wolf releases john for just a second probably to turn around and like snarl at the dog or whatever and it gives the dog this window to get in between it and john and so the lab actually like puts itself in between the wolf and john and that gives these adults time to like grab john and get him out of there good like, defense is yeah. the hero of the story without a doubt Airbud versus balto yeah <laughs> playing some good d <laughs> those are both dogs <laughs> no balto's oh yeah balto is balto's a dog. half wolf isn't he uh i don't I think know whatever. he's a dog yeah but <laughs> good point <laughs> okay so then the dog and the three remaining like one person carries john off The three remaining adults and the dog chase the wolf into the forest. But the wolf is kind of hanging out in this perimeter still. It like really wanted this meal. And so a few minutes later, Keith's dad shows up with a rifle and he shoots the wolf and kills it immediately. Okay, so John has 19 lacerations and puncture wounds on his back, his legs and his butt. The wounds on his back required stitches, but overall he got pretty easy considering the wolf had him for a couple minutes uh, and they do like we mentioned they typically go for the neck when they're killing prey his size so he got off i mean he was a pretty lucky little kid uh, that's probably what it would have done had it gotten back into the trees well actually i'm going to get into kind of the reasons why it probably attacked him but i think it was a split second decision for this wolf and i'll explain that it was found to be in normal health uh it tested negative for rabies and when it comes to rabies, this is something I didn't know and I've learned when I was researching. In North America, it's really rare that wolves have rabies. In other countries, it used to be somewhat common. And that's because there was other animals that they interacted with, specifically like jackals, that they could get rabies from. And a rabid wolf is like the worst rabid animal. They get just like totally ferocious. They're just like killing and biting everything. So a lot of the historical attacks you read about are rabid wolves. And when you look back at the history of rabbit or of wolf attacks, a big percentage of them are from wolves that had rabies. 
So this one luckily didn't have rabies and it seemed like it was in somewhat good shape. One thing though that I did mention is that some of the workers had been feeding wolves in the area and although the logging company had some strict wolves or although the logging company had some strict rules against that, it's likely that was happening. And there's a female that they had been feeding and that was probably this wolf's mate. And that means that it's possible that they had cubs in a den nearby. And a little bit about wolf biology, when there are cubs, the male will go out and do a lot of the hunting and there's a lot more kind of stress on him because he has a lot of mouths to feed. Okay, a little bit about why this happened, why this attack, this specific one happened. I think a really interesting thing is that whole behavior where the boys first saw the wolf under the tree and it kind of stepped out and snarled at them. That's not a typical predatory thing for an animal to do. That It's kind of like how we talked about with cougars and with some of these other animals. If they're making a lot of noise at you, chances are it's not predatory because it's trying to warn you. It's trying to tell you, like, get away from me. They're usually really quiet when they're hunting stuff or when they're trying to kill stuff. So what I think and what I, there's actually, this just goes to show how rare these attacks are. There's a whole scientific paper just written about this attack. Uh, And what the authors think is that this probably started as a wolf that was being defensive because it was in its territory and it had these intruders. And then when John tripped and when he was like clumsily running away, it was like, oh, this might be food. And it's incapacitated and it's easy. And wolves in nature typically go for sick or injured or hurt animals. And so if you have this little tiny animal running away from you that's kind of like swaying back and forth in its huge boots and then falling on the ground it's like pretty hard for an animal that, to turn like, down. triggers its natural reaction to go for that exactly type of prey. exactly it's hard to say why it attacked to begin with but at the end it was definitely a predatory attack and that that kind of uh switch got flipped and it was like no i'm gonna eat this okay so i've been kind of hinting at this the whole time but we need to bring up wolf attacks throughout the world and i kind of i've noticed that i've kind of had a north american bias with a lot of the stories i've picked and a lot of that is because of a language barrier when i'm researching stories from other countries but i did really look into wolf attacks around the world and um there are a lot more in other places like europe historically had a ton of wolf attacks france had these periods where there would just be a wolf that would just kind of run the table and kill like hundreds of people oh interesting yeah and throughout eastern europe and russia and all these places there's lots of wolf attacks the place that i think is really interesting is india and india has the same wolf species it's canis lupus they're a little bit smaller but there's this one state in india i think it's called bitar where like from 1980 to 1995 so not that long ago 200 children were killed by wolves And many more were injured. And that continues to this day. They still have a lot of wolf attacks in that place. Wow. And they, the thought there is just that it's so prey depleted. So a lot of the stuff that they would typically eat has been wiped out. That makes sense. And there isn't really a lot of livestock Uh, there either. They've kind of just switched to seeing kids as a, as a food source. And they're getting away with it, too. <laughs> and you think about it, like, in America, the places where wolves live the most, it's, like, not very many people, a ton of wild animals. Yeah. Alaska, right. Montana, Wyoming. Right. So have... having that prey base is yeah, super important. That makes sense. Yeah. And here they have, like, elk and deer and caribou and moose and all these different things they can eat. And over there, like, in India, there are a lot of ungulates and different prey species they can kill. But in this one particular region, 
A lot of those other prey species have been depleted. There aren't tigers there. They're competing with the wolves. And so the wolves have just kind of decided we're going to eat people. So I guess like to kind of circle back and talk about wolves. Wolves are really complicated because there's people that just absolutely hate them. Here in North America, hunters hate wolves because they kill deer, they kill elk. They see them as this really efficient predator. All the studies point to them actually not being nearly as efficient as we think they are. But hunters really don't like wolves and they're kind of demonized. And then there's a lot of people that are really afraid of them. And then on the other end, there's these people that really adore them and think they're godlike and think they're kind of this, you know, emblem of like nobility and everything. In this paper about attacks that I was reading, the authors had like a really good quote in it that I think applies to most animals. And when I read this quote, I don't, when I talk about the, like, seeing them as a deity, I'm not trying to, like, neglect anyone's religious feelings towards an animal. But this is what that author said. He said, the main symbolic conclusion that comes from this study, this is a study where they looked at wolf attacks all over the world, is that it's time to stop viewing wolves as a devil or a god. A wolf is a wolf. We cannot expect them to not eat humans. We should just be glad they avoid us as much as they do and manage them to keep it that way. So it's like a very pragmatic look, like... You can't expect a wolf to not ever see us as prey. Every once in a while, they're going to. Right. But we should also be happy that that's not a common thing. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I think we're I'm all in agreement. with wolves yeah. and how I'm, often they attack us. Yeah. I'm pro-wolf in yeah. that regard. I think we're all pretty pro-wolf. But uh, just a tiny bit more about wolves. Males average about 88 pounds and females about 80 pounds. But that's their global kind of average, okay. and a lot of wolves are smaller in other countries. Yeah, I was going to say that sounded a, a little small. Yeah. What I in North America, so for example, in Montana, they average right around 110 pounds. Yeah, there so, we go. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger. 110-pound dog is a we big We have a dog. real obesity problem here in this country. <laughs> <laughs> so they live in packs. Something that a lot of people don't understand is those packs are usually familial. So it's like a couple has some pups. Those pups grow up, they're yearlings, they stay in that pack, and then they have more pups. So a lot of times a pack will be like adults, yearlings, and cubs. And then when they get old enough, they disperse and they go form their own packs. So when I think about an alpha male, uh, the wolf is kind of the first species that comes to mind. Is that? You don't think of like gym bros? But that's a thing with wolves, right? Not really. There's alpha male of the pack. So So that's just like a myth. That whole alpha thing's kind of been disproven. It's They do have like a hierarchy but there's not like an alpha male and female. That's That whole thing is kind of um, more of a myth than it is fact. It's mostly like a dominant structure. So you okay. have the the mom and the dad that are like the dominant members of the pack and they're the ones doing the breeding. And they have these cubs, the cubs or the pups. The pups grow up to be older wolves that stay in that pack for a little while. And then when they get too old, they get run off. Uh, okay, so... An Amer- in America, North America, typical pack size is around eight animals, but they can be up to like 30 or 40 animals in a pack. Oh, wow. They can sprint up to 38 miles per hour and they can run for a few miles without stopping. So they got some endurance. Most animals can't do that. They they burn out pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like for long distances, wolves are pretty high up on the list. They are. They can run down prey, which isn't an easy thing for most animals to do. Like a cheetah, for example, they're super fast but they peter out really quick and right. then they have to rest for a while before they can chase again. And wolves can run. I think it, there's one that it said it ran for like 12 miles before Ooh. it finally oh, killed something. And it was probably stopping a bit in there, yeah. but I mean, that's a pretty long distance to run. 
Yeah. So, so they're pretty cool. I'm a big fan of wolves. Uh, do you guys have any questions about the story? Yeah. Did uh, what do we know anything about John or what's uh, I his know life that turned out like I know that he recovered and then his wounds got infected and he had to be like admitted back into the hospital and they had to treat him with like antibiotics and stuff. I don't know mm. anything else about him. Did I, Balto have to deliver the medicine? Balto <laughs> the medicine. <laughs> He's got a fairly unique name, this kid, and I looked it up and I couldn't find him. One more question. Uh, how do you feel when people pronounce wolf, woof? Woof, I personally hate it. Yeah, I can't yeah. stand it. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. No, people do it all the time. Oh, I guess I kind of. Ever like when you're in Yellowstone, they're like, oh, we saw a wolf. And really? you like, you saw what? <laughs> I guess I always just assume they're talking about Part a dog. Of me? <laughs> <laughs> just like a child. Would. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the story. Uh, it's kind of a shorter one, but I thought it was really interesting. We'll definitely do more wolves. We'll probably talk about one of those wolf attacks in France where they just kind of killed dozens of people yeah. uh, back in the day. Yeah, good story. Okay. Way cool. to go, Wes. Thanks. Nice job, Wes. <laughs> All right, so I think we'll go to our categories. Um, our first category, as always, is what's our favorite wolf from pop culture? Jeff? Uh, yeah, I can start us off. Um, so I, ha- I have a couple I want to mention, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Ghost from Game of Thrones. I thought you might oh, pick okay. Ghost. Yeah. yeah. A dire wolf. Yeah, he's just, he's a good wolf. He knows okay. when Jon Snow's spirit is coming back to him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. I almost feel like I liked Rob's wolf more. Really? Yeah. Oh, I like Ghost. Okay. And then um, I forgot my other Teen Wolf, right? (laughs) You're thinking Teen Wolf, right? Okay. That's not (laughs) mine. That's not mine. Teen Wolf. I knew you'd come up with that one. High school student that turns into a werewolf playing basketball. Okay. Are we counting werewolves in this? And then Lupin from Harry Potter. Okay. So we are are counting werewolves. Well, he like really turns into a wolf. No, that's Sirius that turns into a wolf. Oh, you're right. What does Lupin turn into? Lupin is a werewolf. But he turned into a wolf. A A werewolf. werewolf. Okay. Well, I like. I like. I think we count that. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. we're counting werewolves. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Teen Wolf uh, was the first time I I ever experienced like feelings about a a woman was from that movie. Which one? The (laughs) the blonde like cheerleader in the closet. Yeah, I, I remember wondering what was going on. It's Wolf. just funny, like he's a werewolf and everyone's just cool with him playing basketball still. Yeah, like he can still play on his high Whatever. school basketball team. We'll let I him like play. that plot. It's, it's like also, Air Bud. Yeah, Air Bud. No one it's not in the rule book. <laughs> uh Mike, what's your pick? So I I had to cheat a little bit again, but I can, you know, it's audible over to the other that's, ones. That's so your own rule prin- that you've created for yourself. I cheat, yeah. Uh, Princess Mononoke. Um, okay. There's San, but she's actually a female human girl, woman. What Not is a that? wolf. A girl. A female girl. <laughs> uh, but her adoptive mom, the actual wolf, uh, Moro. Okay. So that's probably mine. Okay. Studio Ghibli. That's Princess Mononoke. That's a good pick. Mine is the... Uh, I was thinking about this one a lot. There's a there's a lot of wolves in in culture. Um, I think this is probably your animal that's like best represented. Yeah. In pop culture, but mine is the wolf from White Fang, the 1991 okay. movie yeah. uh, with Ethan Hawke, and that was like a big movie. For, I was like, uh, I I was pretty young, but it was like the perfect movie for my age. And then it was actually Jeff's first movie that we ever took you to the movie theater, and you well, were like, I had no idea. You were two years old. 
And you started howling so much <laughs> that we had to take you out of the movie theater. <laughs> and I remember that like clearly that I was it like kind happens. of I was like kind of embarrassed. Yeah, when we watch anything with wolves, you start howling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twilight would have been a good pick. What percent of the time do you think you howl when you see a full moon? Uh, if I'm out in the woods, probably like a hundred percent. Yeah. But if I'm in the city, like probably like two percent. I'd say about ten percent for me. Okay. <laughs> there it is. That's what you're doing in White Fang is a little child. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, our next category is our cage match category. Mike, cage match. Let's do it. Uh, so this is the category where we take the animal of the episode and uh, compare it in a fight situation with the other animals we've talked about. So, Wes, you being the expert, where would you place wolves on the spectrum of the animals we've discussed so far? So our list is getting longer, but I would actually say, after like doing some serious research on wolves, that uh, I would put them as the second weakest of our animals so far. And this is a single wolf. Like a wolf pack is a whole different thing. But a single wolf, I think the only animal that we've talked about so far that it would probably be is our chimpanzee. Mm. Um, I think everything else takes a single wolf. Like there have been instances of cougars and wolves coming, like fighting. And usually a single cougar can overpower a single wolf. But if there's more than one, then they're obviously like a lot more intimidating. Okay. That surprises me. Yeah. And this chimpanzee kind of surprises me, too. I feel like a chimpanzee might be able to take a wolf. Yeah, I mean, so the thing, this is kind of the math that I did in my head, is that leopards kill chimpanzees, cougars are typically bigger than leopards, and cougars can kill wolves. Okay. So that was kind of the logistical way that I looked at that. The transitive theory. Or the logical way I looked at that, not logistical. But that's that's why I'm saying that. I don't know, though. Chimpan- like it's That's a tricky one. I think that's a really good fight. So how about this? A pack of wolves, what couldn't it take down from our animals? So like that's a, a pack of like 15 yeah, wolves. That's another thing that I changed my mind on a little bit doing this research is I used to think that was like the ultimate, like a pack of wolves takes down anything. Yeah. And I don't really believe that anymore. From what I was reading, it takes like eight to 12 wolves to bring down a moose. Um, and any less than that, it's like pretty hard for them. But there's there have been instances where just like a single wolf has killed a moose too. It's like really back and forth with these guys. Yeah. But I would say a pack of, how many did you say? 15? Yeah. I'd say they kill most. they could kill most of our animals. Probably not the hippo. Not the hippo. Maybe um, not grizzly white. or polar bear. The grizzly well, and the polar bear. mammals. Yeah, they're, not, they're not killing the great white. The grizzly and the polar bear, I think, is like, there's going to be a, a good battle. And if the bear can like pick off a few here and there, then the wolves are going to give up. Okay. Um, that sounds logistical. Yeah. Logistical. <laughs> <laughs> That's our cage match. Okay. Let's move on to our category of what would Mike and Jeff do if they were attacked by a wolf? I'll start us off. Mike will go first. So here's what I would do. It's playing the long game again. Over the course of hundreds, maybe even thousands of years, I would domesticate it. It would become the common household dog. Like become a pug? Yeah. Have you ever seen that meme where it like shows a wolf skull and then a pug skull? Oh, yeah. This is what we did to wolves. Yeah. That's a good. Okay. Jeff, do you have a plan? Yeah. uh, So I think I'm actually a pretty convincing wolf. Okay. If I want to be. My howl is pretty good. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> yeah. So I'll join them. I'll join the pack. 
and they'll just accept you. And I'll eat their meat. I'll join them. I'll hunt with them. And then when they least expect it, I'm going to get them. So you're killing them again. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, right. it's just like a wrestling match or something. This is just how you guys, you guys have branched so far off from where this category started. Yeah, I forget where it's we started. It's what would you do if you were attacked by a wolf? Oh. Not your long-term strategy for completely ruining the species. Yeah. Or killing a certain animal. Well, no. That's right, though. That's My your question. My answer works. Okay. If it's attacking me, I'll You're act like a wolf. Act like a wolf. And I'll join their pack. And okay. then I'll be a traitor in the end. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to answer it once more and we can cut it if it's okay. weird. Okay, so this is what I would do if I was attacked by a wolf. So Native Americans would dress up like wolves and do like a bison jump where they scare bison off of the cliff. Mm-hmm. So I would dress up like a bison and scare the wolves off of the cliff. That that doesn't really... Okay, <laughs> never mind. You guys have put in your answers... I'm going to go ahead and answer them. Mike, your answer happened. You know, it's what, I mean, we domesticated wolves. We turned them into dogs. I think, again, uh, long term, yeah, that's an effective strategy. (laughs) It's not a good strategy for if you're being attacked by a wolf in the moment. I don't think you can domesticate a specific wolf. Uh, Depends how many treats you have, I think. Yeah. Jeff, your answer of becoming like one with the wolves and assimilating into their pack, there actually have been some biologists and some people that have gotten wolves really used to their presence and they've managed to like pretty much become part of their pack. Uh, it's It's an interesting relationship with an animal. Again, it's something that takes weeks, if not months of like slow approaches and like slow acceptance and or this whole thing. one convincing wolf It doesn't, it, one convincing wolf owl is not going to do it. So both, uh, and then. I mean, Mowgli did it and he was a baby. Mowgli, Mowgli was adopted by those wolves. Yeah, it didn't, doesn't You're seem right. that hard. Yeah, if so, a baby can do it, Jeff can do it. <laughs> maybe, right. Actually, uh, maybe So not. this is the part where I actually explain okay, the science behind all of this. The other answer, Jeff, your answer of putting on a wolf costume or a bison costume and then running at the wolves just doesn't make any sense to me at all because that's not, it's not, that wasn't part of that equation. <laughs> like the wolves chased the bison, the bison were never chasing the I wolves. I think it might work. Uh, okay. All right. Do you know so, what I would have done? I would. No, I don't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Know what you would have done. Um, <laughs> what you should actually do if you're attacked by a wolf is you should stand tall, make yourself look large. Essentially, honestly, essentially everything you do with a mountain lion or a black bear is what you also do with a wolf. Calmly, slowly back away, maintain eye contact. Uh, If the wolf doesn't run away immediately, you want to continue making yourself large, continue backing away. Don't ever turn your back and run. Uh, That, again, can trigger that predator response. If you have a dog with you, you want to make sure you keep your dog with you. And if they start fighting, you don't want to try and break that up uh, because you'll probably get hurt. And then if the wolf starts acting really aggressively and it's like snarling at you or doing any of that stuff, that's when you start like throwing stuff at it, yelling at it, screaming at it. And if it attacks you, you just fight back with everything you've got. So what do you do if you're a six-year-old? If you're a six-year-old, you scream and yell for help. It's good that they ran away. No, it's it's not good that they ran away. They should have just started screaming for help. If they hadn't ran away, though, 
the wolf could have got him in the trees a lot easier away from but the But it's like we talked about when that wolf first saw them, mm-hmm. chances are it wasn't seeing them as food. Planning the attack. It was just upset that they were so close. And had they just like slowly backed away, they probably could have gone out of there without any problems. Okay. Running away is what triggered it into a predatory response. So you can't expect a six-year-old to do anything but run from a predator. Yeah. Like that's our natural response. But that wasn't the right decision. Sounds like putting on some really big puffy winter clothes was a good idea, too. Honestly, it it does help. I used to have a huge jacket. Yeah. And Jeff threw it away. He just threw <laughs> oh, it away. I remember that jacket. You would like yeah. take went to it the ground. Back. It was no matter huge. what. I did. You would. <laughs> yeah. You guys need to well, have, now some, we have some roommate therapy. I needed like point. my own storage unit just for, just that, for that coat. Jacket. It was a big coat. That was the biggest coat I've ever seen in my life. So anti-wolf jacket. We finally have established what you're actually supposed to do if you're attacked by a wolf. Disregard what Mike and Jeff said. What I just said is what you're actually supposed to do if you're attacked by a wolf. Jeff, do you have some listener questions for us? I do. We always appreciate your wisdom and knowledge, Wes. Thanks, Mike. Sorry to cut you off earlier. No, it was just time. Completely (laughs) right to do that. Okay. Um our first two listener questions we have. They're asking the same thing. Seven devils all around me and Yamelia. And they both say why does your brother sound like a baby? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is your deep voice there sounded like a baby trying to do a deep voice. <laughs> uh, you know what, guys? Um, this is a pretty mean question. <laughs> We're happy that you guys are listening. Uh, Jeff has a great voice. I think it's built for podcasting. So um, Thank you. Yeah, but you know. That's it's a valid, I guess, question. <laughs> you know, we roasted Mike's hair last time, so we can roast Jeff's voice roast me. this time. All right, next question from Marcy Bond sixty nine. Don't Marcy and, nice <laughs> and Susier. Okay, so they both want to know what our favorite dinosaurs are. Mike, you want to start? Yeah, I have always been partial to the pterodactyl. Okay. Just because I like things that fly. They got that cool, like, knob thing coming off the back of their head, too. I'm going to go with alligators. Alligators? Yeah. Uh, so you're not go- <laughs> you're not going with, like, uh... okay. All right. With a what? With, like, a... I guess they... Yeah, they exist. A dinosaur? Back then. Yeah, they are. They're living dinosaurs. Uh, mine, I... Honestly, I know I've been saying this wrong my entire life. I don't technically know how to pronounce it. I've always said it's Dynanicus. But I think Deinonychus. Deinonychus. Right? That's yeah. how you say it. I think that's it. Uh, but they're like basically what Velociraptor was patterned after in Jurassic Park. Uh, like real Velociraptors were actually really small. And this, that Deinonychus was like a much bigger version of that animal. Kind of like a Utah Raptor, but a little smaller than them. And they were my favorites all growing up. And I absolutely loved them. So that's my favorite. Okay. So we have a question here from Roramir. Um, is that some Lord of the Rings fan fiction? <laughs> yeah, okay. I think his name's Rory. Okay. And he's going with Roramir. So question for all of us. Who is your favorite celebrity who shares your first name? I'll start us off. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's a good start. Mike, you want to go next? Uh, th- sure. <laughs> what the hell, Jeff? <laughs> uh this is a boring answer, but Michael Jordan. 
Like, oh, that's yeah. not boring. I mean, yeah. he's pretty, like, he's a big celebrity our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I love basketball. There's a lot of mics. You had a lot to pick from. Yeah. Uh, mine is probably, I would say, West Borland. <laughs> From Limp Biscuit? No way. <laughs> yes. The guitarist from Limp Biscuit. Not a fan of their music at all, but I just remember like seeing their videos when I was a kid. Oh, and he so always cool. had like the crazy contact lenses and face paint and everything. And I was just like, whoa, that's a cool guy. So I'm going with West Borland. That's a great pick. All right. From Norma Rockwell 11, best animal and or animal attack from Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Just running through Lord of the Rings. I'm going to go Shelob. Yeah. Shelob attacking the hobbits on the pass. That's that's the one I'm picking. I'll guess... take the spiders from the Hobbit movies. Okay. Just because Shelob's a better answer, and that's <laughs> close to it. Mike? I'll go with the Ents. The Ents. Yeah, We're counting like... them as animals. They're, they're plants. They're trees. We can't count that. Shoot. You could do like the wargs. I'll go with the moth because that played a key role in Gandalf's okay. escape. That's that's a really that's a really liberal interpretation of an attack <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. But... Oh, I just thought it was animal. They no. Eat. All right. A question from Tina Warbs. Do hippos have natural enemies? Uh, hippos don't really have a natural predator, but they have natural enemies. Like they don't like crocodiles. Crocodiles can kill baby hippos. Lions can kill baby hippos. And then really the animals that they would have to kind of be cautious around would be like elephants and a big rhinoceros. Those are animals that they could they could, they could get hurt by. Okay. Uh, so thank you guys so much for the listener questions. We really like doing it. I don't really reply to you guys on Instagram when you send them to me, but I do read them all. They make me laugh. Thanks for sending them. Yeah. All right, so our next category is where can you find wolves? So as I mentioned earlier, they are one of the most widespread animals on the planet. You can see them throughout the Northern Hemisphere. You can see them in the Indian subcontinent. You can see them in Europe. You can see them in North America. They're all over. I think personally, some of the better places to see them are national parks in the U.S. So like Yellowstone's a good place to see them. Denali in Alaska is a good place to see them. Uh, there's some places in coastal British Columbia where you can see them, but they're not necessarily an animal that you can go and just know that you're going to have a 100% chance of seeing one. But they are somewhat visible. If you spend a few days in Yellowstone and you're really looking for wolves, you'll probably see them. Through like a spotting scope. Yeah, you're not, you're not necessarily going to see them up close, but you might. You never yeah. know. Okay, our next question, how are we messing things up for them? So they're actually categorized as a least concern animal, which means that their global population's doing pretty well. There's roughly 300,000 wolves in the in the entire earth. So there's quite a few. There are places though where they are threatened. So like in the lower 48, they just barely got taken off the endangered species list. And there's other places in the world like the Middle East, for example, there's hardly any wolves left. There's some places in Europe where they're almost completely extirpated. So there's there's localized populations that need a lot of help, but on a general scale they're doing pretty well. Uh, the main things that are problems for them are hunting, competition with humans, human conflict, and then habitat loss. Those are kind of the big issues facing wolves. Uh, name the states that they're in. So in the lower 48, we have them like in the Great Lakes region. So they're in like Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin. And then we also have them in Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. And then they recently 
are starting to recolonize in like Washington and Oregon too. Uh, and then they're in Alaska. There's a ton in Alaska. I've heard there's like a couple in Arizona. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Arizona and New Mexico both have a few wolves now too. Yep, good reminder. And then actually I think there is a small population out east in the Carolinas too. Um, but oh, those weird. might be red wolf. I don't, no, they're not. They're normal gray wolves, but they're like a subspecies. But there are some wolves out there too. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So finally, our last category is do we like this animal? I'll just start off on this one. Um, I really like wolves a lot. When I'm going to Yellowstone or I'm going to one of these places where I have a chance to seeing wolves, they're always pretty high on the list of the animals that I really would like to see. Uh, you have wolf eyes. I, I do have some like some kind of wolfish eyes, I guess. Uh, I've seen a number of wolves in the wild, and it's always a treat. I've seen a couple in Yellowstone, a couple in Glacier, a few just in Montana, one way up in the tundra in Alaska. And every time I've seen them, it's been a really cool experience. So I'm going to put them pretty high on my list. I don't know what number I'd give them. They're, I don't know if they're top 10, but they're real close to top 10. Yeah, I like them too. I was trying to figure out where I'd place them on my list. Uh, I think they're pretty dope. I would put them behind at least Great White Tiger, and maybe that's it. I don't know. What was the... Alligator. Was, alligator. It was uh, like your number two. Yeah. The alligator's kind of dropping. I don't know. <laughs> okay. A little bit. It's because we made fun of you for being <laughs> no, not sexually at all. attracted it's, to alligators. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm like conflicted on it. I think they're really cool in media, and the idea of wolves is really cool. But when I actually see one, I think it's cool, but I'm always a little underwhelmed. I'm like, I'm looking at like a really big dog. I get that. Like, we're so used to dogs that seeing a wolf yeah, is just... Yeah, like, everyone has a dog, so I just yeah. feel like I'm seeing a big old dog without a leash. For me, that's, like, kind of the special part about yeah, it, Yeah, that's is what it's I was like, going to say. This is, what, this is what dogs came from, and now, it, like, this is a wild... This is the ancient relative of what For we me, have in our homes. I think there's cooler animals to see in the wild because it's things I don't typically see. You know, that's your opinion. So I'm going to put it right around hippopotamus range... I'll put one spot behind hippopotamus. That's in, that's unbelievable. 26. That's insulting. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. But, okay. It is what it is. You still like them, though? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's pretty high. Unbelievable. I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of animals out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think they're really cool. The idea of them's cool. Their howl is cool. But when I see one, I'm like, you know, I've seen yeah. cooler animals Nothing, Nothing makes you feel like more like you're out in the wilderness and alone than when you hear wolves howl at night. I'll say I love having wolves. I think it's really cool to have them in the wilderness. Yeah, he's backpedaling now. No, it's all right. I mean, he said they're in his top 50, which is still pretty good. Top 30? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we all like wolves. I like them a lot. Mike really likes them a lot. Jeff is neutral. But he likes them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I want to give a special shout out to the wolf in Red Riding Hood. Okay. Because. <laughs> sure. It dresses up like an old woman, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool wolf. <laughs> yeah, it's a fake wolf. Fairy tale wolf. <laughs> that's like the opposite but... of a furry. A wolf dressing up as a oh, human. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Whoa, dude. <laughs> All right. Subversion. Uh, I think that's it for this week's episode. So, uh <laughs> Like always, thanks so much for listening, guys. We're having a lot of fun with the podcast. We are going to have one more episode this year that's going to be kind of a fun end-of-the-year episode, and then we're going to take a little break. But we really appreciate all the support, all the reviews, the ratings, the shares, 
So keep it up because we'd love to keep doing this and uh, we'd love to, to start um, making it bigger. So help us out. Thanks guys. All right, see, see ya. ya. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.